Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a Wednesday afternoon. Jared Stansbury got Rob Gray with me. Just got back from uh, Men's Basketball Media Day. As usual, it was thrilling. What's up, Rob Gray? Hey, not a whole lot except for, of course, Men's Basketball Media Day. And what a what a weird vibe it was today. I, well, for one, that we had it in the Sioux Cup, right? And, um, just, uh, so many new faces, uh, you know, exciting times, but obviously very uncertain times as the Cyclones transition into the TJ Otzelberger era. Yeah. It's been a long time since there's been a team that we've known so little about, you know, I think, uh, going into it just obviously with the, the sheer number of new guys. And then, you know, we really haven't you know, even in the past when they'd bring in all these transfers and stuff, there'd be the Cap City League or, you know, whatever else we'd get opportunities to meet with them during the, the off season. That stuff really hasn't been there much this year. So it's just, you know, everything is kind of just new. Like there's really nothing that, uh, you know, we can kind of lean on as, as like a certainty at this point. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's a few holdovers, obviously on the team, Trey Jackson and, Jaden Walker's back and uh, George Condit, of course. So I know you talked to quite a bit, but uh, yeah, a lot of new faces uh, firing up the grill again with Caleb grill. I was able to talk to him. We'll have something on him being back at Iowa state. Interesting journey. He's been on um, TJ has been at the center of a lot of it, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, interesting to see how they can make it you know, match up, you know, it, 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 you figure there's not going to be a whole lot of balance when you're rather short, you'd think on the front court, uh, with, uh, Xavier Foster being dismissed, um, puts George obviously front and center, but, uh, you know, transfer Robert Jones to, uh, in, in the mix. Um, boy, I, I do like, the possibility of having some shooters. I mean, if, 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 uh, if Gabe Kalsher and, um, you know, Tra Trey Jackson is, is a capable shot maker. Uh, and then Isaiah Brockington is a guy who can do a lot. And we saw what grill did for UNLV after, you know, struggling to shoot the rock a bit as a cyclone. Um, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of firepower, but it's going to be hard to make it all work well together. I think we'll see flashes and also some stretches that, uh, maybe we're not that thrilled with. Yeah. There's, I think this team will probably have its ups and downs and growing pains and things like that. But, you know, it's interesting just to continue to hear TJ reiterate the importance of, you know, rebuilding the culture for this program. Uh, you know, he talked about program pride being one of the big things that he felt like needed to be fixed when he arrived uh, back in, you know, back in the spring. Um, you know, I think they feel like they got guys who fit into those, uh, you know, fit into that better than maybe what they, they had here before. And, um, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. Like, I think, you know, when you've got guys that have a lot of pride for the program and feel, you know, understand the weight of, of everything, then, you know, you kind of lose or it, it kind of, I don't even know the best way to put it. It's going to keep you competitive because you're going to have, you're going to have that sense of urgency of we have to do the right thing for Iowa state and for the Iowa state men's basketball program. And I think that to an extent has maybe been lost over the last several years. And it, you know, it, it's not anybody's fault. I don't think like it just is kind of the, 
it's kind of the way things go when you've got the transfers and things like that. If you don't get the right people, then things can go south really fast. But, uh, you know, it does feel like that's, that's here again. And that was something, even when I talked to George, like he's talked about, he talks about the sense of urgency, the feeling of responsibility to get this program back, you know, to the place that, you know, they feel like it should be. Yeah. And also with such uneven results. And then of course, all awful results last season, with just a couple of wins over in the big 12 um, that, that makes it very easy for guys to kind of just become islands a little bit, I think. Um, so I think there were a number of, of, I, I don't know what you want to say. It, it, good team guys. But when, when the team is completely a shambles, uh, you know, you, you, you try to take care of yourself. Right. And, so I think, yeah, I mean, it's definitely starting from, and it's neat. You bring in transfer. I mean, a lot of transfers here too, and some who played in big time conferences like Isaiah Brockington at, at Penn state and big 10, of course, and some who were hungry, like the aforementioned Robert Jones, you know, played at Denver, you know, probably never thought he'd have this opportunity to play in a major conference. And, you know, is he a glue guy? You know, who knows? Who knows what a lot of these guys are? I mean, you got Blake Henson who came from, a, you know, an SEC program and jazz from Washington State, so Pac-12. But, I mean, such an interesting mix of guys who I think, you know, I remember vaguely Isaiah Brockington. We, we were able to talk to a bunch of these guys in the summer and him talking about more or less, you know, the second chance aspect. And just, I think it ties in with that urgency. And he's a very talented guy. Um, I, I don't know, you can pull a little Matt Campbellism in here and say, if you can get your A players to, to play A basketball, I think it could be a season that, you know, is exciting for fans because it, it doesn't be, it, it's not a, a where are we going to go from here? It's a, wow, we're going to go someplace from here. And I think one guy who can maybe create some of that excitement is Tyrese Hunter, the four-star point guard out of, uh, out of Wisconsin. Uh, early returns on him have been uh, really positive. It sounds like, you know, everybody who talks about him, everybody you talk to on the team, uh, you know, just talks about how special of an athlete he is, you know, the kind of player that he can be. Uh, I think there, you know, maybe could be some growing pains along with him when you just have a true freshman point guard that's got to hop in there right away and do the job. You know, you never exactly know how, you know, that's going to go for a, you know, 30 game or whatever uh, schedule. But, um, you know, he's got all of the tools, I think, to come in and be a, an impact guy right away on both ends of the floor and be someone who can and can really make an impact. And, um, you know, it sounds like that's been the case so far during practice from everything that TJ and the players have said. Yeah, absolutely. And, and TJ, of course, uh, as you heard, talked about his coachability and him wanting to, you know, just be a sponge. And, and, and you like to see that, you know, for a guy who is, again, so highly touted. And I think one thing that will be really helpful for him is if some of those other potential shot makers can really knock down shots reasonably consistently. Um, he doesn't maybe feel like it's all on his shoulders and can kind of ease in, pick his spots. Uh, as TJ said, he can, he can fill it up at times, but his, you know, his strengths are, you know, his athleticism and his, and, and his ceiling, of course, uh, boy, if you get some guys who can knock down some threes or, or maybe do a little bit in the post, you take a little bit of pressure off him and, and, and just allow the good pressure to take over, let him to play with some flow and, and enjoy himself out there and, and make plays uh, without being under duress all the time. 
the the front court though is i think where people are probably going to have the most questions and that one you know i i just i think george condit's going to be a lot better than what he was last season like i'm really really confident in saying that um we just don't know with Robert Jones. Like we don't know what Aljaz Kunch can come in and like do for them right away. How much can he play the five, you know, uh, if needed, um, you know, again, like how quickly does Robert Jones make that adjustment from playing in the, what, what's Denver in the summit league, uh, to, you know, to jumping into, to playing power five basketball. Like it's one thing to hear about it from people, you know, inside the program and stuff like that, but it's another to be able to watch and, and see that actually, happen out on the floor. And, um, you know, I, I, I just think that that equation is going to be interesting to see them, you know, work out and see how long it kind of takes to, you know, really, you know, kind of bang out that rotation of exactly how you want that group to look. Yeah. And I think uh, from a fan's perspective, uh, it's, 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 you obviously want a quick fix after you don't win a single big 12 game last season, but that's just not, uh, most programs are, 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 are a equipped to be and, and certainly built for and, and Iowa state's built to, you know, be built. <laughs> so this is a, you know, this is a transitional season. One that could be, like you said, a lot of guys have to prove it, you know, whether it be stepping up a little bit in level of competition or whether it be, you know, coming out of high school and, 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 you know, excelling, uh, whether it be just everyone being good teammates for one another when so many people were new to each other uh, until this summer. So, um, again, I think it can be an exciting time, but there, but, uh, you, you know, the hope is that, that you really see that they're charting a path and laying the foundation, which it sounds like from a quote unquote culture standpoint, they've done, you, you want to see that start happening with winning consistency, consistently, uh, consistency in play. And, you know, TJ said, they're going to be intense. They're going to try to make uh, opposing offenses very uncomfortable. And that's going to be a constant, you know, we've heard that at times before uh, defenses, uh, let's say generally not generally been less than stellar, even in some Iowa state's best teams in recent years. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting change. Uh, and, and I guess best to approach it with the, with the curiosity and, and, and anticipation because, uh, you know, it, it, sure, it sure beats, uh, uh, the pessimism that could possibly carry over after again, such a, such a bad season, uh, a year ago. You think John Haycock knows how to coach, uh, coach defense, coach rebounding, like, uh, you know, the Cyclones are gang tacklers on the football field. Can we get some gang rebounding drills with John Haycock? That sounds fantastic. And, and I know that John has an extensive library that probably even surpasses Matt Campbell's uh, in terms of, uh, you know, learning to, to lead. I think he could certainly uh, create a bunch of leaders who, uh, who uh, want to compete for being that guy who can, I don't know, uh, get the most steals or the most blocked shots or the most uh, defensive rebounds to get something going in transition maybe. But uh yeah, I think that guy could coach anything. <laughs> who who forces more turnovers? The Cyclones against Kansas State on Saturday or the Cyclones against Kennesaw State on November 9th? I uh based on uh past results and the amount of opportunities available, I will certainly say the Cyclones basketball team, but uh I would like to I, I would like to I don't know if I would like to be wrong, but I would like it to be uh, a closer 
I was going to say, if, if, if you're like, wrong, then uh, something probably went seriously, either seriously wayward with the basketball team or went seriously wayward with, well, I guess the football game would have gone really well uh, yeah. if they forced that many turnovers, but something would go seriously wrong against the Kennesaw State Owls uh, at that point. Maybe, maybe they can force eight turnovers in Manhattan, you know, like they did in, in Lincoln one time. Man, that would be that would be something else. Um, all right, you're going to have a story on Caleb Grill today. I'll have one on yep. uh, on George Condit. Uh, have all that stuff up here uh, in just a little bit, and then we'll have uh, a notebook too with just uh, some up different odds and ends and things like that from uh, from Men's Basketball Media Day. So you guys can look forward to that on the front page of CycloneFanatic.com. We're going to toss it off to TJ Otzelberger's press conference from earlier today. Uh, it's about 15 minutes long, and so hope you guys enjoy that. Hope you guys are having a great week, and we'll talk to you guys again soon here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I appreciate everybody being here today. It's amazing how quickly seven months can go. Um, but where we stand today, I couldn't be more proud uh, of the young men and, and how they've worked in our program. What we've seen in a short period of time is that they're bought in to being Cyclones. They know what it means to be a Cyclone. They know uh, they respect those that have come before them, and they take a great sense of pride in wearing that jersey. Um, they also understand that there's a lot of hard work involved in this process, and it's about those daily habits uh, that you stack up those days one day after another, and that's how you become successful. There's no uh, secret sauce or immediate formula. And the last thing I'll say is that they couldn't be more excited to get into Hilton Coliseum to play in front of the best fans in the country, to have that experience that these young men came to school here for, and to have that energy. So November 9th can't get here soon enough, and we couldn't be more excited to get going. Um, TJ, thanks. We do that specifically when we hand it to you. <laughs> it's a defense mechanism. Who has to step up in the middle now that Xavier's gone? And, and I'm not saying Xavier was going to play 30 minutes a game by any means, but who has to step up in the middle? Yeah, well, it's, it's by committee. I think, you know, George Condit has been here. It's been a guy that we're relying on heavily. Uh, Fourth-year player in this program. He's been here when our, our program is, has been in NCAA tournaments. We've been excited about Robert Jones. He brings physicality, uh, toughness to our front line. He's a dirty work, lunch pail type of guy. Uh, has a nasty streak to him. And then we also have the ability uh, to go a little bit smaller and play a more skilled lineup, whether that be someone like uh, Aljaz Kunch or Blake Hinson in stretches. So a lot of different ways for us to play. What I like is we have that flexibility to go big or to play a more skilled lineup uh, where we can play with more pace and some better ball skills. What's, what's Condon, from what I hear, he's, he's playing as close to what he was when he was a freshman, sophomore, whatever, now, you know, as he, as he did then. Um, what, what ignited that? What, what sparked that? This summer was a really great experience for him when he played with the team in Puerto Rico. Uh, 
think he saw how hard you need to play, the physicality of the international game, uh, that playing with a motor, how important that is. And for George, he's been here where he's given us rim protection, somebody that we can count on in the interior. And that experience seemed to ignite his fire. When he came back uh, late June from that experience, he was a tremendous energy guy. He brought a lot back to our, our summer workouts. So if George is playing hard, if he's running the floor, if he's protecting the rim, if he's playing with that motor, he's playing with that energy, he brings a lot to the table for us. What's your point guard position look like right now? Well, Tyrese Hunter is certainly um, a young man that we have a tremendous amount of confidence in. He came in uh, highly acclaimed, and what I'd say is he's a guy who's a low-ego, high-producing player. He's a workhorse, a guy who understands he has to pressure the basketball, somebody that um, knows how important it is to, to try to score in transition, to play with pace and be aggressive. Uh, we also are considering the possibilities of Trey Jackson. We've, we've tried to transition him. I know that in the past here, he's played more off the ball, but he's somebody that when you really care about value in the basketball and getting great possessions, which I know Trey does, it gives you an opportunity to, to play some of those minutes. And then there's other guys like a Jaden Walker or even a Tristan and Aruna, which is unique lineup for us at times that we can look at uh, for stretches at that spot. So. We still have almost a month of practice left leading into games, and how we practice and do things is earned. Uh, everything's earned on a daily basis, so I don't want to get too far ahead, but um, I think that's an area we've, we've got a lot of focus, and we've seen some different guys show positives day in and day out. For Tyrese, what's the burden responsibility of being a true freshman point guard if, you know, if he gets a job? Well, there's... Uh, the ability to, to manage a game, and, and Tyrese is very aggressive. He's great in the open court. It's understanding time and score, managing possessions. It's understanding um, when we need to execute and how we go about doing that. It's burdening the responsibility of making sure as it gets later in the shot clock, you're valuing the basketball and making the appropriate play. Uh, but I think, you know, what I've seen from him is he's somebody who really cares. He's passionate. And... Team success matters to him. Getting his teammates involved matters. So we're really confident in the job that he'll do, not only this year, but for years beyond. And I can't say enough positive things about his character. He fits us and who we are uh, as much as anybody could. TJ, what can you say about um, Caleb Grill? You've obviously been a big part of most of his journey and part of his journey here, too. Um, what does he bring? And how would you reflect on just how much he's grown since you've seen him? Everybody's seen, even when Caleb was here as a freshman, how hard he's willing to play. Where we've seen the most growth and progress, even from a season ago when I coached him, is the poise that he's playing with, the confidence he's playing with. It's not just shooting the basketball. Certainly that's a part of his game. It's, he's a tremendous ball mover a guy that really cares about taking care of the basketball, somebody that plays with tremendous defensive effort and energy. He's a team guy. Uh, he's a winner. And I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for somebody who grew up wanting to be a Cyclone, watch his team, cares about this program. We need to have more and more of those guys because those are the guys when the chips are down you can count on. And um, certainly, you know, based on playing time last year with me, Caleb led us in minutes played, so it shows the degree of confidence that I have in him. How do you envision using Tristan? Because you just mentioned him as a possible point, but he's also, I think, 6'8 or 6'9. So how do you envision using him 
with his versatility that he does have. Tristan has a really unique skill set, a guy who is a great ball mover, makes plays off the dribble, uh, reads the court, unselfish. So at his size, it's a very unique skill set. We'll continue to try him in different capacities because he is unique that way and how does he fit with certain lineups. But uh, for Tristan, we're looking at his effort defensively, his energy on the glass and what he brings in those areas. And we're confident that we can find ways for him to, to help make our offense better. When you look at that point guard position, how much has the focus been on getting a true playmaker in at that role? I think at times last year, you know, the offense was kind of held back by not having someone that was you know, traditionally a point guard in that role. Well, it's important that somebody cares about their teammates, that wants to make guys around them better, that you understand that it's not about you, it's about getting the best shot each trip down for that offense. Tyrese really cares about that. He's played point guard his entire life. He's somebody that has basketball character as well as a character off the court. As a coach, when a guy brings that, that level of character and intent every day, uh, you can work with that and mold that. And, and Tyrese is, is somebody that is extremely valuable to our program, and he'll continue to do those things as we move forward. When you got here and you started to evaluate the program and the, you know, the people you had in it and all that kind of stuff, what, what was the thing that you were able to pinpoint? It's like, this is the thing that's missing that we have to focus on right now to kind of get fixed before we can start to take steps and move forward. I'd say program pride caring about being a cyclone more than a point guard, a center, a position, a basketball attribute. It's pride in how we do everything in this program. We have a saying of how you do anything is how you do everything. It's important to me how our guys shake hands. It's important where they sit in class. It's important how they conduct themselves. It's important um, that they know uh, the gratitude and the humility is there to be a cyclone. This place means everything to my family and I, and we're not going to you know, we're not going to bring guys here and we're not going to recruit guys that don't value it to that same level. So we could talk about addressing positional needs. Certainly the point guard is something that was uh, evident. Physicality on the front line, something that was evident. Those things stood out from a basketball standpoint. But overall, been a part of different teams that have played different ways. And when you have guys who really care about the program, each other, and winning, you can find ways to play competitive and winning basketball. Rumor has it that Kalsh is shooting the ball pretty well. Um, what role, why, you know, what happened between his, whatever it was, freshman year and, and now? Hard to say what all transpired. I certainly watched film when he played at Minnesota. I watched Gabe play when he was younger. Uh, I was at South Dakota State when he was in high school, so he was kind of above us from a recruiting standpoint. Um, somebody that's always been a, a guy that can make shots, make plays. Um, you know what, he came in here with an open mind. Uh, we've instilled a lot of confidence in him. He knows how we need him to play. I keep using the analogy to a Steph Curry. I don't want to set the expectation or the bar too high. But what I'm saying is that level of aggressiveness, that he's constantly hunting his shot, that when guys are running him off the three-point line, he's passing and cutting, he's screening and moving. He's a very cerebral player, somebody that understands the game, has a great feel. And we're going to continue to encourage him and empower him to have, you know, unrelenting confidence because when he does that, it's, it's special. He can be a guy that you can count on to step up and, and get you big baskets and make big shots. So 
we're going to continue to, to put our trust in him that way and feel really confident on the path that he's on. What's the process been like for you and the staff to try to make sense of what you guys have from a roster standpoint, uh, style of play on both ends of the court when obviously there's not a baseline of information as a new staff with a brand new roster and all of that? You try to, when you get guys in in the summer and we conduct our summer workouts, try to you know, talk to them, communicate, invest in them, and, and determine what do they do best. Uh, winning basketball still involves tremendous effort. It involves sprinting back on defense, rebounding energy, um, sharing the basketball. All those things are constants for anybody. So what we did is really through our summer workouts, tried to give guys the freedom and empower them to do, you know, to, to try things and to, uh, you know, play their game the way they see it before we really dialed in on role definition and, and clearly, you know, defining what we need each guy to do. Uh, what we decided as a coaching staff is the three things basketball-wise that we were going to be demanding once we, we saw our skill set is, first and foremost, we're going to pressure the basketball. We're going to be a team that, um, that when you have the ball, you're going to be under duress. You're never going to be comfortable. Uh, that leads into us trying to speed people up generate turnovers, get us going in transition. Uh, we're going to bring great rebounding energy. We know we can do that as a group. That's a want-to thing far more than a certainly helps if you can jump higher and you have longer arms and um, you're bigger and more physical, but it's an effort-based thing that we know that we can hang our hat on rebounding on both sides. And then ball toughness, taking care of the basketball, getting great shots, not surrendering because the defense is aggressive or they're switching and, and, and trying to bail ourselves out. So. It's been a fun challenge to piece it all together and see what guys do well. Uh, you watch a lot of film on guys, you know, especially transfers or the guys that were here to see if you can replicate what, what did Isaiah Brockington do well at Penn State? How can we incorporate that? What did Gabe Kelcher do well at Minnesota? How do we incorporate that? You know, whether it's Condit or Jackson or Walker here, what did they do well? How do we incorporate that? And so you just try to to fit it together. It's still an evolution and a work in progress. I'm sure that'll happen through the season as well, but it's, a, it's more of a working document than a, than a final, final project at this point. You talked about that physicality in the front court. How, how much of that is something that can be taught or drilled into somebody, coached into somebody, and how much of it is it something that you just are maybe born with, like that knack to want to get in there and mix it up? There's definitely both parts to it. You know, it helps to have physicality, play with force, have explosiveness, uh, you know, there, there's also a part of want to. I mean, there was a time in this program that we were starting Melvin Edgem and George Niang on the front line at 6'5 and change and 6'6 six, six and change, and we had the best front line in the league. So size and physicality helps, but so does having a heart, a want to, a care, a desire, and the way that those guys played, um, they played much bigger than, than their height and they cared much more. And so certainly we need to address physicality on the front line in recruiting. It's something that's going to be important to me as we continue to want to be a great rebounding and physical team. Um, but I also know that you know, just being 6'9", 6'10", 7 feet doesn't make you physical. It's, it's about how hard you play, how much you care, and um, what you have inside. You mentioned a little while ago culture. You're talking about how it's important to your family and you, know, you and, and wanting to be here and, and, and Caleb wanting to come here. How does that, and you mentioned cult, culture also, I believe, in the Xavier Foster press release. Can you go into reasons why he 
you, you say he did not fit the culture. Yeah, it's um, I understand that, you know, everybody here has a job to do and I respect that. Um, what I can say in regards to that topic is that it wasn't one thing or a couple things that led to it. It was more of a culmination over time. And like we said in our statement, standards and accountability are important in our program. And that's that's all I'll say on that on that topic. I'll go one more. Um, so at what point will this team be knocking on the NCAA tournament door again, this program? You know, when we've put in the hard work over time to earn it, that's when it'll come. And um, don't know exactly when that'll be. Certainly we hope sooner rather than later. We're not here for uh, moral victories and, and things along those lines. So how we've done everything and gotten to this point is by roll up your sleeves, work really hard, uh, invest in each other, invest in that process every day. And I know that I've seen it happen here in this program. I've lived it. I've witnessed it. I've been a, a part of it. Um, so I know what it looks like. I know how that process goes. I just can't say exactly when that'll be. But I'll tell you, I'm hopeful that it's a lot sooner rather than later. Can you describe Tyrese's game, I guess, offensively? where he's, his uh, strengths are, maybe weaknesses? Yeah, strengths offensively, he's, he's, he's really aggressive attacking player. A guy, um, you know, I'll just say there's guys like Monte Morris and Tyrese Halliburton who have been elite point guards that have been here, guys that um, see the game almost in a pass-first manner. Tyrese is an aggressive get in the paint, I'm coming at you, uh, probably take a few more chances but he's got that explosiveness and quickness where he's great in the open court, he can attack and pick and roll, and he's always coming at you. He has a relentless ability offensively, and he shoots the ball well enough where, you know, you have to respect him. He can get going and knock down two, three, four in a row, so it's not that he's not able to bang shots because he's able to do that as well. Defensively, his strength, certainly at his size, he's got to be an elite guy pressuring the basketball, getting into his man, dictating, forcing tempo, speeding him up, and those are the things that he does well from that standpoint. Um, probably even more basketball is his coachability. He's a guy that, you know, everybody says, tell me the truth and be honest, but then some have trouble taking in that information. He's a guy that's a sponge. He stares you in the eye. He has great body language. So he's got a lot of strengths. We'll continue to develop those with him, and, and we're going to trust him, you know, from the jump, whether that's starting or playing, you know, heavy minutes, that, that he's going to do that job. He'll learn on the job and be better for it as we continue to move forward. True freshman point guard who was here towards something of a risk taker. Are you, are you ready to handle that for 40 minutes at a, at a freshman point guard to give him some leash, especially, you know, as you were talking about building the culture, that this is a multi-year project for him, I'd imagine. No, absolutely. And he earns the job. He's going to know how confident I am in him. And regardless, he's going to play substantial minutes because of how he works each and every day. Um, he's somebody that... You know, you understand as a coach, when you have a freshman point guard, things are going to be new. There's going to be changing defenses. There's going to be situations end of game. You know, there's going to be presses, zones, traps. You know, everybody's going to throw the kitchen sink at him to try to keep him off balance and disrupt some of his natural aggressiveness. But one thing I've learned as a coach is if you have a player you believe in and you instill that confidence and they know you're invested in them, 
and you're going to allow them to play through those mistakes and you're going to trust them to to right the ship when things aren't going as well. I know that their confidence can grow uh, rapidly and that's what we're going to see with him. Would you just re-evaluate re the rest of the league a little bit and how you, I mean, how you kind of see some of the other teams being? Well, we know the Big 12 continues to be the best league in the country, uh, top to bottom, evidenced certainly by Baylor and other seasons last year. And, um, you know, I haven't gone and done a deep dive into everybody's, you know, what happened with the transfer portal and who their starting lineup looks like and those sort of things. But this league's changed a lot since first came in in, in 06. And uh, there was more bigs at that point. Now it's a lot of versatility, switchability, teams playing a lot of six, 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 seven type of guys that can guard multiple positions. Uh, a lot of clubs trying to keep the ball on the outside of the court and force a lot of turnovers. You see that represented with how Baylor defends, how Texas Tech defends, and I'm sure now how Texas and some others do. So we know it's going to be a really competitive league at the top. There's also been some coaching changes, whether it's at Tech or Texas or, or OU, there's been some changes. So whether those things, um, how that impacts the program, it's still too early to tell. But we know it's going to be, you know, a great year in Big 12 basketball. Uh, it's, it's some of the best fan bases, some of the toughest places to play. And we're going to do everything in our power to, to work each day so we're ready for that challenge when it presents itself. What would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned uh, in the years since you left Iowa State now to coming back? More than anything is, um, as I left Iowa State and, and became a head coach, is that the investment in, in the young men in your program, the more time that you put into them, uh, that the more you see them play to their ability or that maybe even an ability level above what they thought they could play to. And so we try to invest a lot as a coaching staff as well as myself on a daily basis in communication. Um, we like to have meals together as a group so we can spend that time together starting and ending our days. And so we'll continue to just make that investment because I believe that's one that will always pay off at some point, uh, both immediately and in the long term. And we want this to be a spot where guys come and they know this is for a lifetime. It's not just the, the two, three, four, five, however many years they're here. This is, you're a cyclone, you're a cyclone forever.